Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ben and Chris Talk Football. I am Chris. With me, as always, my co-host, Ben, and we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the NFL. And Ben, Banker Tank, I got screwed, man. I got screwed big time. Well, as I got screwed last week, uh, I know your pain. Yeah, no, but I don't. I don't care about you getting screwed last I know. week. Th- this week, this week's important, man. In the present, two players tied their projection. Yeah, which technically it doesn't help you. I mean, you could call it a tie, but really, do, you, do we want that? No, we don't want ties. I mean, ask the lions. Ties are ask, yeah, ask the lions and the cardinals about that. They don't want to tie either. No. Oh man, so close. I mean, three and three is not bad though. You broke even. Yeah, but I don't know. I think I think you altered the rules a little bit I did just not. to give you the win. I did not. Because they didn't beat did. their projections. So, I mean, all of you fine people who voted for me to win Banker Tank on Facebook, I did not let you down. Ben's bending the rules let you down. I'm not bending the so rules. So blame Ben. He's kind of, you know, behind the scenes fixing things, dark and nefarious. If people, if people want to... Submit rules alterations. They can submit them. I just feel that if you meet the projection, then that can be classified as a bank. But that cannot. Then that also means you do not get a tank if the player meets the projection. So, no. Well, right. So then I was three, one, and two. No. Oh no! 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 no, Sorry, it doesn't count that. No, okay. Well, going forward, from this point forward, then, okay. I think it should just count as, like, null and void, like a tie. So you just want to count meeting the projection as a tie. Okay. We can make that. I mean, I would say. We can make that concession. I would say, in all reality, that Odell Beckham Jr. getting, like, 12 points, regardless, yeah, is not bankable, even if he meets his projection. But that's not for my win or loss purpose. That's for the purpose of the player not playing up to his talent level and doing True. what his team needs him to do, True. what they traded for him to do. He's projected to be a number one receiver, and he getting 12 points, I would say, is more like a... A big pile of number two. Yeah, he, he not number nice one. number two flex player, not a number one that's yeah. supposed to... It's not a, what Amari did or Hopkins or any of the big-time big receivers. No. No, not, I mean, not even close. He hasn't really all year with the exception of maybe... One big game he had, yeah, where he got a lot of touches and yeah, it wasn't. He's not been up to the bill of what uh, Cleveland gave up for him. Not even, not even close. And I think, I think it was like that ninety-yard slant in a Monday night game against the Jets. Possible. And that that was his real big game of the season. After that, it's been either very, very subpar or above average, but nothing, nothing, nothing that put not the kind of game that put him in the upper echelon like he was in for a few years. Yeah. Uh, you really have to question going forward: Is this guy still going to be seen as an elite talent, or is it the playbook? Is it the scheme? Is it the quarterback? It could be. It could be. Maybe he would shine somewhere else. But I mean, even the guy's last couple of years with the Giants was he really that tremendous? I mean, no, a lot of injuries. But he'll blame he'll blame that on the Giants themselves. So. Yeah, I don't I don't know how the Giants got him hurt when needed him on, needed him on the field. It doesn't make a lot of sense. No, but. not not worth the talent they gave up for him, and definitely in fantasy, not worth a first round pick anymore. I don't think. No, I would I wouldn't give him 
first round consideration. Not even close. I didn't last year, and I could have, and I no. I think it was available for my second round pick, and tragically, I went for Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, we, yeah. we a lot of us made mistakes with Juju yeah. Smith Schuster. Juju led a lot of us down the wrong path. Correct. But I think it'll be a value next year with Roethlisberger back. Watch. He'll Could be. They'll add somebody. Well, they got that kid, that kid Deontay Johnson, who's yeah promising. But again, what is he? If he's not an if he's not if he's a two A like Juju, now you have two two A's. So it's, yeah, but I think that can even benefit Juju honestly. If you have someone else, you have to cover. Yeah, they don't really have that right now. It's true. <clears throat> All right, I think we need to. Do, uh, let everyone know that uh, Cam Newton's officially on IR. Oh man! Yeah, guess it was uh, his rehab wasn't going well. Um, he had the injury in the preseason, then he re-injured it in week two, and just they said he hasn't progressed to the level that he should have. So they put him on IR. So that puts Kyle Allen as the starter for the rest of the season, and they're a playoff contending team too. Did I misread or mishear or, 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 or just get this flat out wrong? I could have sworn a few weeks ago they said Cam Newton could potentially play the following week. I think there were rumors out there that he potentially could play. Yeah, I don't know where those came from because the minute that I, – I don't know. The team got wind of it or whatever. I don't know. All of a sudden he had to go see another foot specialist because he was not even progressing. Like This guy wasn't progressing this entire time. And they wait till week nine before they maybe <laughs> they, they put him on IR. Maybe I mean, they thought that he could come back, and they were gonna have him for the push run. But then Kyle Allen's played so well. I mean, he had the one hiccup against the Niners, and that which was is it. understandable, right? Other than that, he's been rock solid as a starting quarterback. Yeah, no, and I honestly, I, I think Cam Newton has played his last snap as quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, honestly. I think he'll be elsewhere yeah, next season. I absolutely think yes. Um, not to bog down with too much numbers, I'll just briefly go over it. Um, he's owed 18.6 in base salary next year. Yeah, no, they're, uh, they're not paying that. <laughs> and it would be uh, $2 million. He has a $2 million option bonus that they have to pay him out, but it's $2 million in dead money. Uh, 5K workout bonus. So essentially, they'll get 19.1 whether they cut him or trade him next year's. Uh, after the year, the new year begins, they'll get 19.1 in salary cap. Um, and their their free agent market that they have on their own is Shaq Thompson, Gerald McCoy, and Mario Addison are like the top tier ones that I see. I mean. Gerald McCoy is hasn't really been earth shattering. Mario Addison's been consistent over his years in in Carolina. Shaq Thompson, I don't think he's gonna deserve the large contract that you know a first round. I believe he was a first round pick, a first round talent that has been in the league for four four or five years is gonna need so. You got a lot of cap space. Plus, they already have forty-two million dollars without signing any free agents in cap space. Oh yeah, so, they so got, add nineteen yeah. to the forty-two. They have some room. So I was thinking, you let him go or trade him. Like if you find a trade partner, great. If not, you let him go. You now have nineteen million on top of the forty-two. 
to basically sign your free agents if you wanted to. Extend Christian McCaffrey. I think he's got another year. So, yeah, they could extend him if they wanted to. They could also go after – I highlighted four free agents. Um, Clowney, who's projected to be uh, $20 million. Um, they could get Ebron, tight end. He's a free agent. He's yeah. getting 6'5 this year. You got to figure I, Greg Olson can't play forever. Right. And even if he does play, now you've added – you now have what you what Indy has – but you have a, a more aged veteran in Olsen. You could add a veteran linebacker in Kyle Van Noy. Seasoned player, Super Bowl experience. You can add him to that defense. And then you have, if you wanted to, even though I think their wide receiver core is really good, Amari Cooper, 18.7 market value right now. So Yeah, because if Dallas wants to keep Dak, they can't they can't afford Amari also. Right. So no you way. throw you throw eighteen yeah. 18, 19, Adam. You might be able to get Amari Cooper. Now you stick Amari Cooper with CMC and uh, TJ Moore. You add, and you have Olsen still. And then you have your Kyle Allen. is Kyle Allen is getting 395, 395K. Well, he's a rookie, right? No, he's a second. Oh, second here. Okay. He is on. He is undrafted. So he's on a – it's called an ERFA. Uh, exclusive rights free agent next year, which means Carolina has the exclusive rights to him. They right. would have to relinquish his rights for someone else to sign him. So right, basically, right. they can sign him for crap dollars again. And then the following year, he'll be a restricted free agent. So again, they can sign him for what you know a restricted value. So he's like he's got to play out two full seasons before he could potentially become an unrestricted free agent. Well, restricted, doesn't that just mean that they can somebody else can yeah. try to get him and they can sign him to an offer sheet right. and Carolina can match? Right. So if somebody sees a lot of value in him next season, possibly they could potentially sign him to a contract Carolina isn't prepared to meet. Right. I don't think that'll happen. I think if Carolina decides this is the guy, they'll kind of they'll try to extend him before it gets to that point just so they don't have to hit the unrestricted or the restricted free agency. It all depends on how they want to manage their money. Because if they want to go sure. strict – Cheap next year on quarterback, they're they're not. I'd probably have to pay him like a million, maybe. Plus, you have to factor in they have a third round pick in Will Greer they drafted this year, so they have to figure out what they want with him because he's he's got a four year contract locked in. So you have to figure out what you want with him. And I mean, flat out, they're getting a lot, they're going to get a lot of money off the books with either trading or cutting Cam Newton, which they're going to do. So they just have to figure out where. Plus, they could. They could. They don't have to go for the big names. They can fill in holes. Absolutely. And make this, I'd say, decent defense. Build it up. There's a lot of free agents out there. I just covered a couple of them. There's a lot of good quality free agents out there. I'll say of of the four you mentioned, I think Jadavion Clowney is the most likely, only because I don't think Seattle didn't give up a lot to get him. No. And if their defense isn't really going in the direction they thought it was going to, they're winning right now because Russell Wilson is a phenom. I think he'd be available. I think he'll hit free agency regardless. Yeah. I don't think Indy would let Eric Ebron go. Well, not they don't have to let him. He's a free agent. Right. But I don't think they will let him walk because they have all that sweet, sweet Andrew Luck money. Yeah. That they're not spending on him anymore. True. And he already had a lot of cap room to begin with. So... He's not going to command the kind of money where they can't afford to sign him and a few other people. Right. Van Noy, 
is really good in the Patriot system. They would have to. They would have to overpay to get him. Yeah, and I don't. I don't think. I hate to say it. I don't want to be negative. I'm a really big fan of Kyle Van Noy on the field for my team. Yeah. However, I think it's one of those situations we've seen so often when players leave New England, a la Deion Branch, Deion Lewis, Malcolm Butler, countless others. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I could go on all day who've left the system that works really well. And failed. They really, really prospered in. And like you said, they, they failed or they did not nearly live up to expectations. They tanked instead of banked. Right. Um, and who's the last one you mentioned? Amari uh, Cooper. Yeah, Amari Cooper. Amari's uh, possible, but I think they're really happy with their receivers and yep. obviously McCaffrey. Um, even though he's not technically a receiver, he may as well be at times. But yeah, Dallas. I don't think I don't think Cooper's back in Dallas if Dak Prescott is. Yeah, because they just can't afford all those guys with that immense amount of payroll they have yeah. in that offensive line and Elliott now. There's, I don't think there's any you, way they, you can't they pay do everybody. It. No, I, no I, I think I think if if I'm the GM, I invest in Jadavian Clowney. You move on from Addison and McCoy because McCoy hasn't brought anything except for one game against Tampa Bay so far, and Addison's just at the end of his ropes. You don't you'll have to pay Shaq Thompson a little bit, but not too much because he hasn't been dynamic as he should be. And you can just pay Jadavian Clowney and then build a build around all your your two assets, CMC and and Clowney, with depth. Because if you don't, even if you pay Kyle Allen, you're not going to have to pay him all that absorbent amount. But is he going to bank on himself to play better the next year, like he did better than he did this year, to go get that unrestricted free agent contract? And yeah, force no. the Panthers' hand, which I don't know. It yeah. depends on what he wants to do. I don't. I think it's it's a a little bit of a pay bump to for next year, but Panthers are in the driving seat. You know, they're in the driver's seat to to you know, especially if he plays well next year. I mean, they're they're looking at. I don't know what Atlanta is going to be next year. We don't know what New Orleans will be because Drew Brees' contract is up at the end of the season. We don't know where he's going to go. I'll be back. And then uh, Tampa Bay. Well, Tampa Bay is just Tampa Bay. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're reset. Forever, they're forever gonna be seven to nine. I think we're gonna re- 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 we're coming up on a reset for the the Buccaneers and the Falcons. So this could be the time for the Panthers to say, "Let's strike now." We have this kid. We're gonna build around him. We're gonna put some people on defense. We're gonna do what Seattle did when they drafted Russell Wilson. Had a dominant defense, and then he was more of a game manager. Right. right. He has evolved from that tremendously well, right. but he started off that way. Well, speaking of the draft, you just mentioned building through the draft. Yep. A little bit cloudy now. It is. It's a little murky. As, can Miami still get Tua? They somehow managed to win a game. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was just spectacular incompetence. Right. It's the only way I can describe that game between the Dolphins and the Jets this past Sunday. It was as a fan of watching both those teams lose, or really any team in the AFC besides yeah. the Patriots lose. That was just it was beautiful because everybody had anointed Sam Darnold as the best quarterback in the AFC East going into the season. Yep. Started off pretty mediocre. Ended up getting mono. 
Yes. Uh, so, somehow. I thought only like 12-year-olds got that, but whatever. Then comes back, has a great game against Dallas. Or whoever was dressed was, in the Cowboys uniform. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Or whoever was dressed in the Cowboys uniform gotcha. that week. Because that sure as hell was not the same Dallas team we saw <laughs> yesterday. No, that's correct. And then he's just, I mean, he's seeing ghosts against the Patriots. And apparently they, I they, think they haunted him again yesterday. Yeah, I think it's carried over the past two games. Yeah, he has shit. He was just awful. Like, there's questions. There's legit questions at this point. Is he shook forever? Yeah, you got to wonder if, if he's a bust. Yeah, you have to wonder that like at this one, point. Can, one game can shake a player. Absolutely. Was that the game that shook? Because he's still doing stupid shit. This past, he did that, uh, missed that snap again. Yeah. Like he's he's call, the guy he, calling for he's it. He's calling plays. He's calling out the the cadences, and all of a sudden he turns his head one way, and the ball shoots out. Who's that on? Is that on the center, or is that on the quarterback? Well, there's a communication breakdown somewhere, but it seems to be happening every week now. So I think, and maybe it's too early, but I think it's it's an argument to have, is he broken? Sam Darnold makes Mark Sanchez look efficient. That's sad. That's extremely and, sad. And, and the gentleman you're talking about is the author of the butt fumble. Yes. The most majestic play in NFL history. <laughs> um, so I did a little research uh, projecting ahead. I did do a projection video last week, um, and I kind of have to tear that up now because uh, I changed my I changed the tune a little bit just because of Miami beating the Jets. They could not snatch <laughs> defeat from the jaws of victory. This it's amazing. Week. It's really amazing. Um, so they're still a winless team, if you didn't know. Oh, I knew. Cincinnati Bengals, but they're <laughs> on a bye. And then there's four. They didn't lose this week. That's true. It's a victory in itself. Yeah. Uh, there are four teams with one one wins. Um, but for this purpose, I excluded Atlanta and Washington because they don't. Atlanta doesn't face either one of these teams, any one of these three teams. And Washington only faces one of those teams. And I feel, looking at their... Um, schedule Washington's there's some more wins than the other teams and I think Atlanta might grab a couple extra wins at the end of the season because looking at the end end there's some teams that are going to be wrapping up the playoffs by then that they're not going to play their starters week 16 week 17 Uh, but I look at these three teams specifically Cincinnati Miami Jets I'm not going to break down everything I'll just say the big matchup um, is week 13, where Cincinnati faces the Jets. <clears throat> week 16, where Miami faces Cincinnati. Um, those are big. Those are, those will, I think those will tilt which way this pick goes. But I think Miami is going to be, ha- is going to have two wins by that Cincinnati game. Because I think Miami's going to beat the Jets in Week 14 uh, when they face. So I think Miami and the Jets will win, end up with two losses, where Cincinnati is going to lose against Miami in Week 16 because Miami's going to try to tank. That's my feeling. Well, they've been trying to tank all year, and then they went and screwed it up because they, right. they faced a team. They did that was so incompetent. 
they couldn't even take advantage of the Dolphins blatantly trying to lose. Right. So what I think is going to happen is Miami is going to try to tank that game against Cincinnati, and then they're going to hope, hope somehow, Cleveland's not going to need that Week 17 game against Cincinnati, and Cincinnati's going to try to pull that game out. The problem is, is Miami faces New England. Is that game going to matter? It depends on how I hope Buffalo because so, they'll actually be there, so that'd be fun. Well, I hope it, I hope it doesn't matter. And with Buffalo playing the way they've been playing, they're going to be neck and neck with them. And the Jets get Buffalo the week seventeen too. So these last week Pittsburgh, they get uh, New York gets Pittsburgh week sixteen. These games are going to matter for some of these teams. Cincinnati has New England week fifteen. That's going to matter. New England's going to need that game. I'd almost guarantee, even if they don't need 17, they'll need the win against Cincinnati in Week 16. So these games are going to matter. So I think it's going to end up with Cincinnati having one win and Miami and New York stuck with the coin flip. And you'll be happy. Yeah, because I bet you anything, when you flip a coin between those two teams, it just gets stuck up in the air. It doesn't come down. That's fair. Or it's going to land, and it's going to look like Leonardo DiCaprio's totem on Inception. (laughs) Where it just keeps spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning, and then just the end of the movie. You don't, you never know what happens. I, I didn't watch Inception. Yeah, well, so. you're missing out because you have some kind of vendetta against him. I don't no, know. What it's it is. not, it's not a personal vendetta. I just didn't like, the, I didn't like the concept of the movie. Um, so just to brief on what I think might happen is, I think if Cincinnati goes with fin- Cincinnati's going with Finley this weekend, he's not going to have a good record. Clearly, because I. I think he's going to have one win. But I think if he grows confidence and he plays well enough for them to play him next year as a starting quarterback, I can see Cincinnati holding Miami hostage for that pick. Keep in mind, though, too, they're getting A.J. Greenback supposedly week Right. So this kid's going to have weapons. Weapons. He, you know, and I don't know much about him from college. I truly don't. But, I mean – Clearly, they drafted him for a reason. I mean, maybe not to be the guy to take over for Andy Dalton, but at least they saw something in him they could right. at least develop. Right. So, you have all the talent on offense, and this kid coming in with a clean slate. Hopefully, he hasn't talked to Andy Dalton at all. That would be super for yeah, him. Yeah, it would be good for him. Uh, or he's watched every video of Andy Dalton just, in, the, in the video room of the, of the, uh, the stadium and just been like, hey, don't do that. Like, whatever you see Andy Dalton do, don't, don't do, do that. that. That's fair. You watch Andy Dalton. You watch Joe Flacco. You watch all these guys. You watch Baker Mayfield. And you'll see exactly what not to Mitchell Trubisky. You'll see exactly what not to do. And if this kid cannot do any of that stuff, he's going to be golden. Okay. They may actually get a playoff win in the next decade. Don't hold your breath. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think if the Jets get it somehow... I don't see them trading Miami. I think it'll just be... Oh, no, they won't trade. No, if the it, Jets get it, no. They it would just it. be some pissy match between Miami and, and New York. I just don't... I think New York would just want way too much for uh, Miami to give up. Although, I do remember a Jets team that made a really, really poor trade in hindsight with another member of the AFC East That's true. several years ago. That's true. When they actually traded Bill Belichick to the Patriots... And, yeah, so that's exactly the kind of move the Jets would make. That's right. It would. They'd trade, like, a first-rounder, or, or they, they'd, they'd way undervalue the pick. 
And they trade like they take swap picks and take like a fifth overall or a fifth rounder. They swap picks and take like a fifth rounder. And then Miami would get two, uh, and two would be the next. Dan Marino. Uh, yeah, Dan Marino for the Dolphins. Yeah, exactly. And the Jets would be sitting there like, aw. <laughs> we darnled again. No, but I think I think what they'll do is they'll just take Chase Young with the first pick. Build Jets? up that yeah, they build up that defense. Match Chase Young as an end with Quinn and Williams, and then if CJ Mosley comes back somewhat healthy, you'll have him, and then you'll have in the secondary Jamal Adams. And now you have a, you know, now you have a respectable defense. And this is the, under the auspices that the Jets think that Sam Darnold is the future, which I don't think he is. I think he's broken. I don't know if he's completely broken, but I know he's has a lot of work to do. Yes, he has not played well. I'm not, all, all kidding aside. I've had I've had a lot of fun with with his struggles as a fan of the Patriots. However, right. you know, we can't we can't do this podcast and then not also give our honest opinion on it. You know, kidding aside. I mean, I'm not that that's not your honest opinion, but my honest opinion is I think he's redeemable. You you can get something out of him, but man, there's a lot of work to do with that kid. You need you need to re. Redo the coaching staff. Yeah, the coaching staff is Gase, awful. Gase is absolutely. He is terrible. Gase is terrible as a head coach. He's proven that twice now. If he if he can be an offensive coordinator, great. Go somewhere else to be an offensive coordinator. I know the Mannings speak highly of him, but guess what? He's not good. Well, that's head. great. Then he can go coach Eli's son's high school team or yeah. whatever. I don't even know if Eli has a kid in high school. I have no idea. Um, but stay away from NFL team. Stay away from Adam Gase as your head coach. Right. He can't do it. He's awful. He throws the players under the bus. He cannot game plan. He cannot manage the, the clock. He is terrible. He is terrible. He's the Joe Flacco of head coaches. That's fair. Maybe they should be on a team together next year. Well, if they were, they'd have the first pick every year. <laughs> and we wouldn't, we wouldn't have to discuss this. He'd be like, okay, who gets the second pick? Because we already know who's going first. And then I'll say, obviously, if Miami gets it, they're they're taking to a. I don't I don't care what smoke and mirrors they put out there. No, if Miami or or the Bengals get it, honestly, I mean this this kid who's starting for the Bengals might do okay, but if they have a chance for two, they're going to take him. It depends on how high they are of him and how much they think of Ryan Finley's progress over this year. Ryan Finley is not a highly touted prospect. I think he was like third or fourth round pick, so he's not. The end all be all, and they could move on from him and take another first round quarterback. I think they're just going to give him a shot. Another quarterback that could potentially be on the market. You know, obviously this is speculation. Yep. With the Jaguars saying that Nick Foles will be starting when he comes back from injury, uh, supposedly we uh, no they're on by this week, correct? Jacksonville, yeah, yeah. So when he comes back for week eleven. Nick Foles will be the starting quarterback again. Gardner Minshew will be benched. Right. The mustache has been demoted. The magic's over. For now. There's there's still some uh some magic in old Gardner left. Old Gardner is like twenty two <laughs> years old. Um but no, I think you could potentially see if teams inquire about him. I mean a team that does not look like they have a highly project, uh, a draft pick capable of getting a highly touted quarterback. You could potentially see someone give up a third or fourth rounder, maybe even higher, 
for Gardner Minshew if they're convinced that Nick Foles is the future for the next four to six years. Rather than just have him sit on the bench and do nothing. I mean, I know it's great to be like, oh, we have a backup who can come in and do this. But I think if you can get a draft pick yeah, for, I mean, he was a sixth-round pick. I know everybody always loves to go over, oh, this guy was drafted here, this guy was drafted there. Essentially, a throwaway pick at quarterback. They can say, oh, we love this kid from the start. All we wanted. No, you didn't. You wanted like five other people before him, and you ended up with him. But if you can take that pick and transform it a year and a half later to a second-round pick for the following season and then even build your team even more, man, uh, you kind of have to take that along with the Ramsey picks they have. Right. Because you're not moving on from Nick Foles next year. Contractually, it would be unreasonable just to move on from him. Yeah. You'd have to wait a year. I don't think they want to. I don't think so either. If they wanted to, they would just keep Minshew in. Right. No, I think because I also think they have a they think there's a shot in the playoffs because of how tight it is. Um, I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they think they have a shot. Gardner Minshew is a project. I think maybe it would behoove them to stick with him. They have Josh Dobbs as another asset. He's not long for the team anyway. No. But um, if they wanted to move on from him, they could, uh, especially if they want. If they went with Foles and they want to go full Foles, and but I think just with that injury he just had, you just gotta. I think you gotta hold on to him, and and if you feel Gardner's ready after twenty twenty to go on with Gardner Minshew, then you can cut ties with Nick Foles, but. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't cut. I wouldn't move on from Gardner Minshew as a backup and a potential future of the franchise just because of how much he's shown this year and how much potential he possibly does have. There's times. I mean, he looked. He looked very poor in that last game, but there were times during that stretch when he looked very, very, very good. It's, I mean, like it's the league catching up with him. Sure, I, but I mean that's also an experience, which right. is I mean kind of the same thing. Um, but I think I think if you look at Kyle Allen, he obviously the league caught up with him with, with his game against the 49ers, albeit it was the 49ers. And he comes out the next week and has a pretty good week. Right, little different because he does have one of the most, if not the most, dynamic running back in the game. Uh, Kyle Allen has it. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, Gardner had has an up and coming, like I would say, up and coming stud receiver in DJ Chark. Oh yeah, that kid looks looks um, awesome. And Leonard Fournette's had a better season, shown a lot of improvement this year, though. Correct. And, and, and a, more important, I mean, I know he got ejected earlier in the year because he's being an idiot and yes. threw a punch, but put a lot of effort in the offseason to get in shape. Yeah, he looks slimmed down. Yeah, which is not something he'd done previous years. So I mean, at least he's showing. Hey, I'm taking this seriously. I learned my lesson. Hopefully, he keeps that up. Still not the threat that CMC is, though. I don't think anybody is, honestly. Yeah. They can they can talk all they want about about Zeke and Saquon, and I think the closest is Saquon when he's fully healthy. That's but just I, not right now. Just he just isn't. Yeah, I mean, he he might be healthy enough to play, but right now he's still he's still essentially coming off a training camp yeah. with the injury he had not playing for, for so long. I mean, you can't expect him to jump right in and just be back at game speed. 
So we had a rough, rough Sunday night. Well, we didn't, but the Patriots did. Yeah, Patriots did. But we are a Patriots fan, so right. yeah, we... Patriots lost. They did. It was pretty clear-cut loss. Yeah. Ravens had a plan, and they executed it. Did um, Did the Ravens make a blueprint for everyone to beat the Patriots? I don't know. Does everyone have talent on defense and Lamar Jackson? No. And uh, the ability to do what he can do? No. No. I can't tell you how much I hate that question. Not but, even not even referencing the Patriots. That's, that's Any why I team. Asked it. I know. Any team. Is this the blueprint to beat this team? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, because it's a real mystery. It's a real mystery. You control the clock, the time of possession, and you score more points. <laughs> Look at me. I'm an architect. I just made a blueprint. Congratulations. That is the most ridiculous question there is. Okay. So, in football. I mean, there's more ridiculous questions outside of football. True. But, did they just... Because it's every, it's every year. Yeah. Remember that Monday night game when the Chiefs... I think it was well, well, about five years ago. When the Chiefs absolutely dismantled the Patriots on Monday night. Yes. I mean, this, I mean, it was, it was like, was it like 44 to 10 or something like that. People were talking that Tom Brady was going to get traded. It was that ugly. The Chiefs have just knocked the Patriots off the pedestal. Yeah. And then they went to the Super Bowl for the next five years and won three of them. Correct. Yeah. Well, that was, that was, yeah. Tom Brady was a real bum there, wasn't he, Max? <laughs> so, hey, no, and I, I don't want this to be missed. Uh, this isn't bitterness. Baltimore won that game because they played better. Yes. They deserved to win that game. They had the game plan that worked. Yep. But can we stop acting like they just went in there and just absolutely destroyed them? The reason it looked so lopsided was time of possession. Yes. Baltimore started out with their first possession of the second half. They didn't have the first possession of the second half, but their first possession. It was like an eight-minute drive. Yeah. Patriots then scored rather quickly, and then Baltimore had a nine-minute drive. So let me ask you, if Jules doesn't fumble that ball when they're the Pats are driving down for their first drive, and they drive down and score, and guess what? They, they take the lead. Are we talking about a different game? It's always hard to tell, right? I mean, because then it's it's twenty to it's twenty to seventeen at that point instead of yeah thirteen to twenty four when they when they fumble the ball and Baltimore drives down. It is a different no. I mean, yeah, because that's that's Cause you to know, your point, a fourteen point swing. To your point, the Patriots got the ball right back and they drove right back down. Right. It was and, and it wasn't until you know Edelman has that fumble. And then, you know, Humphreys picks it up, scores the defensive touchdown. Really nice play. Clearly it was a fumble on Julian Edelman. No disputing that. And then, like I said, Patriots score very next uh, very next possession. Mm-hmm. I believe Baltimore, did they score again? No, they didn't score again. They didn't. Uh, Patriots were marching downfield again, and then Brady throws this just, I guess you could call it like a dying quail. Yeah. Over the middle to Sanu, who was catching just about everything. But it overthrows him by about four yards deep down the middle of the field. And he gets intercepted. And it's just never... They never... 
it never they never got back into it after that because now it was a deficit and then Baltimore's you know running the clock down it was an impressive game plan yeah they went in there and they showed the Patriots are susceptible to the run because let's be very very clear Lamar Jackson threw for 163 yards. He did not light up that secondary. No, he didn't. And that's the strength of that Patriots defense. Yes. Now, a loss is a loss regardless. So it doesn't matter. The secondary doesn't get a win while the line gets a loss. That's not how it works. I'm I'm not trying to dispute that. I'm just saying, people sitting there going, oh my God, you know, they they got destroyed. No, they got a reality check. Because the first eight games of the season were not the most intense competition. Correct. So it's kind of like when you're playing Madden and you come across that team that you just score on at will, and then you actually get to the playoffs and you play somebody really good, and you're like, oh, man, I can't throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns in this game. That's kind of what the Patriots defense came across. They're like, oh, man, like we can't do what we've been doing. We have to figure something else out. Right. And they did for a while. After the, after the, the Ravens put up that initial... You know, scoring frenzy in, in, in the beginning where they went up 17 nothing. They really didn't do much until the Patriots fumbled that ball. All the way, you know, yeah. early third quarter. So, the Patriots kind of had a blueprint, if you want to throw that phrase out there. I would, I would say... To beat the Ravens also. Yeah, because they're a front-running team. And they they want to, the Baltimore Ravens want to run their game plan on offense the way they want to run it. That's option, RPOs, run the football with Ingram, and maybe catch a slant or go route with Hollywood Brown and hit their tight ends. And they have three tight ends that they can hit. The Patriots score on that drive, that opening drive, and go ahead. And maybe they press a little bit, and they can't get they can't get that rhythm going. And the Patriots get that ball back, and maybe they take a take a longer lead. Now, now the the Ravens have to pass the ball. And can the can the Ravens pass the ball in a clutch time when they need it, when they're down, not up, but down? I don't know if they can. I don't know if if, if Lamar can squeeze that ball yeah. in there. Because you saw a lot of his passes, a lot of them, not that weren't impressive. that great. No, and mysteriously in the second quarter, the running game just disappeared. Yeah, it's like they almost wanted to prove that they could pass the ball. Well, they couldn't, and that's why the Patriots caught up. And I just, I just think that one, and I, I hate to put it on Jules because Jules has done so much for the Patriots. He 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 holds on to that ball, and they score. We might be talking about a different game. Well, yeah, and you're 100% right there. You can't – I'm not going to sit here and dog Julian Edelman because you know you know that guy was practicing later that night, even after that loss. Yeah, that guy – no one is going to be harder on Julian Edelman for messing up than Julian Edelman. Yeah, he's not waiting until Monday. He's no, on the plane no. with a ball in his hand just fuming. This he's, is the, he's done so much good for that team and organization. Right. He made a mistake. It was bad timing. The guy's human. Like, he's going to come back stronger – He'll be fine. Um, the team will be fine. And he, I want to say this right now. 
if you're sitting there going, oh my God, they finally, they finally played a good team because the other eight games weren't against NFL caliber teams, apparently. They finally played a good team and they lost. Oh my God, this team is done. They're frauds. Get off the damn bandwagon now. We don't want you on our side. And just as a reminder to the Ravens fans who apparently are holding a championship parade at some point this week. Cause yeah, I didn't think the Super Bowl was in November. I, I don't know. Um, your team lost to the Cleveland Browns, just as an FYI. Which goes back, I said this to you Sunday night too, how exciting the league is right now. Yeah. Because... There's really good teams that don't match up well against really bad teams, vice versa. Uh, for instance, the 49ers, clearly a good team. I don't I don't think they're uh, pretenders. I think they're the real deal. Yeah. Very impressive turnaround considering how poor they played last season also. I don't think they beat Seattle this week. I think Seattle hands them their first loss. And that's nothing – I don't have I don't have a horse in that race. Right. I, I really don't care who wins. But – I, I think it's going to be a tremendous game, and I, I really I can't wait to watch it. But Seattle, the way they play, the way they the way they uh, execute on offense, yeah, can beat the Forty ers They have that ability. They can run the ball. Their quarterback can run the ball. Yep. Seahawks going to be a really hard team to beat in a pressure situation. That's the Patriots. They beat them by one play. One clutch play, but yeah. one play. It, it, that was one of the best Super Bowls I've ever seen. And if, if, that if was, you flip that, that play exciting. to a, a run play and you give it to the give it to beast mode, that's it's two rings for the Seahawks. Maybe. Again, that, that's my, that's hypothetical. Much like more than likely, I yeah. mean, obviously, Marshawn Lynch during that time period was a wrecking ball. Mm-hmm. But to your point earlier, uh, if Jules doesn't cough up that football on Sunday. Is it a different game? Right. In theory. Like, in theory, Marshawn Lynch gets in. Or he could have gotten stacked up for a two-yard right. loss, and that's that again. You never know. You'd have to think you would have gotten in. You would think. But I want to bring up one more point. Sure. Because, yeah, I, I do my best to not sound like a homer on this podcast as a Patriots fan. But I have to stick up for my team when the villagers are coming at him with pitchforks. What is the 49ers' strength of schedule? I mean, it's it's much like the Patriots. It's ramping up right now. They just faced Arizona, but now they're going to get Seattle twice. They get Baltimore, and they get New Orleans, and I believe they get Green Bay tucked in there. I only mention that because, and I, I've stated here on this podcast, I don't hold it against teams for, for whatever their schedule is. They have to play who they have to play. Right. Anybody who had the 49ers on their schedule going into the season, because they had San Fran and because they played so poorly, would have had an easier ranked strength of schedule. Right. And it certainly did not end up being that the way San Fran's playing right now. Right. But everybody wanted to jump on the Patriots' throat because, oh, you've only played this team, you've only played that team. And absolutely, I can't deny the numbers, the combined records of the eight teams they beat. Or eight games they played, there was multiples in there right. for the Jets. Was not impressive. I grant you that. The schedules, you have to play who's on your schedule. That's not their fault. Your schedule's your schedule, man. Strength of schedule was, I believe it was 30 or 31. Something like that. 
they had one of the easier schedules of, of overall. Right. 49ers are 27th. So, can we just get off of this? The Patriots are the only team that's having success right now that has an easy schedule. Right. That's pretty ridiculous. Yes, they did. But you know what? They had a lesser defense last year, and they absolutely shut down Yes, that the, um, Rams offense right. twice. They they didn't, certainly didn't shut down Kansas City, but they beat Kansas City. They beat Green Bay and the savior Aaron Rodgers, who the guy walks into the room and, and turns on a light switch, and all of a sudden he's the league MVP. I mean, let's just have a little consistency here. That's all I'm asking. I'm not asking you to like the Patriots. I, I Hey, I get it. If you're not a fan of them, you don't like them because nobody likes seeing the same team win over and over again if it's not your team. I'm a Red Sox fan. I cannot stand the New York Yankees for that exact, exact reason. My team was competitive but not great for years, but I watched the Yankees win over and over and over again. I get it. But I can't sit there and go, oh, they're a crappy team. They suck. Or they had to play... Uh, this team that was horrible uh, eight times last month. So they're not a good team. They can only play who's on their schedule. You can only do what you can do. To win your games and make the playoffs, and then the competition will go up. Look at who the Patriots have coming up. Because they, they, they put this on... on they were I mean, they were loving it Sunday night. I mean, they were there. Yeah. They were in all their glory. They had... Uh, they put up uh, a... Um, a slide that showed the next couple of games. They have oh the Eagles next. Okay, that's that's. I mean, they played really well Sunday, and they've had moments this year. Right. I don't think the Patriots are going to have much trouble against that defense, and they are susceptible to the run. And Philly can run the ball. However, they aren't going to be able to pass when there's no one to throw to. And and I heard today. Uh, on the radio that maybe the um, Eagles will implement some, believe it or not, implement some quarterback runs. Because maybe that's the new thing to do against Patriots is quarterback runs, you know, direct uh, direct quarterback runs. You're going to run. It was the most stupidest statement I've ever heard. The most stupidest statement. And from the person I heard it from, I was stunned because he doesn't make stupid statements like this, but it was stupid. That you're going to put a guy who's been injured twice in two years. Yeah, major injuries too. And you're going to have him run. Design runs. Design runs with your quarterback. And then Dallas is going to do it next week with Dak. You're going to have design runs with him. And he's going to love love that idea about <clears throat> running into the teeth of that defense. Where he's not as he's not as agile and not as quick as Lamar Jackson. No. And he is, did not get his contract yet. Carson Wentz probably m- might not think twice about it because he got his money. He's going he's to want to win, but he won't think twice about it. Whereas Dak Prescott, he's still on that rookie contract getting peanuts. And he's going to want his ca- contract. You think he's going to sit there and we're going to do like five or six design runs in this game? Really? 
I want Hightower and Collins and Lawrence Guy taking shots at me. But that's the blueprint, Ben. That's what's going to beat them now. They're not going to win another <clears> game. As long, the Patriots are going to lose every game from now on because every team can execute the same way Baltimore can. No. Here's the deal. If it was that easy to copy a quote-unquote blueprint, then the Patriots would not have been the team they were for the past 20 years because somebody else would have copied them and done it better. Right. You can't just copy it. It's not that easy. You need the personnel. You need the coaching. You need the discipline. Everybody has to come together. Miami's trying to do it right now. Yeah, and they're about as far off as you can possibly imagine. Right. And they have been for years. And Even maybe- when they had a small amount of success several years ago, they immediately blew it up <laughs> right. by trying to improve on it. Right. Remember that? I, I brought this up to you Sunday night, that Ronnie Brown game in Gillette. Right. Years ago, when Ronnie Brown ran for four touchdowns gets the Patriots torched him. Blew up. Blew. Oh, the Wildcat. That's the future. That's how you beat the Patriots. That's the blueprint. That's the blueprint. You know what happened the next time they played Miami? Miami got destroyed. Yep. They tried the same game plan, and they got shut down. This was the next season, right? Oh, this was the same year. Oh, it was the same year. It was later on in the oh, same wow. year. How the How's the Wildcat been since? Yeah, I haven't heard of it. It was the same with the read option. It was the same with whatever Tennessee did last year. Oh, my God. That's how you beat the oh, – same with what uh, Detroit did last season. This is how you beat them. I remember a couple of years ago watching a Monday night game when the Patriots got thoroughly embarrassed by a very poor Dolphins team. Even last year they got embarrassed by a very poor Dolphins team. Oh, well, yeah, we got the Miracle Miami. Yeah. Congratulations a, on your Super Bowl in September because the Patriots play theirs in February. In Jacksonville – had their Super Bowl last year, week two, or week one. All right, I could carry on on this all day because yeah, it, it got me heated because it's ridiculous. Hats off to Baltimore. You played a hell of a game. You deserve that win. But I hope we see you again in the playoffs. Yeah, I hope so too. But I'd really, I, I'd really like to see that. Yeah. Unfortunately for everyone in the AFC, they're still behind the Patriots seed wise. So what the what the Ravens need, what the Bill, and what the more more importantly, what the Bills need is they need more teams to beat the Patriots. So they can usurp them on the seeding. Well, because Bills, Bills have to win their their winnable games. Also, I mean, other than the Baltimore Ravens, when when the Baltimore Ravens had the defense, because this defense is not the same as the old Baltimore no. Ravens defense, when they had the defense and the established running game, they could they went up into Gillette and won. Other than that, who else has gone in, into Gillette and won? Yeah, it hasn't happened very often, especially in the playoffs. I think the Jets did it one year with Danny and Tomlinson when they had him. Miami, uh, not Miami. Um, Peyton Manning did it with his teams, but they he did them at home when he was with Indy and when he was with Denver. The only two I can remember were against the, the Jets. Came into Gillette. Yep, that was when they had uh, Tomlinson. They had that incredible defense. Right, and that was only about four or five weeks after the Patriots beat them, like forty-three to ten or right. something like that. And the Ravens game you're talking about, and it was just bad. Yeah, that was just poor all around. The Ravens had an insane defense. All but then time. a couple of years later, Baltimore came into Gillette again and lost. Yeah. So. But, I mean, all, all I'm saying is there is no blueprint that just works all the time. Belichick's just going to make adjustments. Other teams can do whatever they got to do to make adjustments. I really – the Eagles game coming up week 11 will be a very nice test. Because Especially coming off the bye. Yeah, you need to see where that offense is going to be. You need to see if that defense can be humble 
and realize, hey, maybe we're not as good as we thought we were. As good as we thought we were. We have some weaknesses. We can be run on. We have to work on this because when they were just when we we, we done every when they were done every game interview and remember the defense and they were oh we got a lot of improvement to do yeah this and that they were destroying people then all of a sudden they're making shirts they're calling themselves the boogeyman they're releasing videos they're buying their own hype and they got smacked in the mouth right so they need to learn a lesson otherwise they're gonna have the same thing happen to them in the playoffs yeah. I mean, they don't have an easy road. Until, no, it's not easy. Until the last two, three weeks of the season, and then they'll have some cupcakes until the playoffs. Um, and, like I said, Buffalo's right on their heels. Like, they, if, if Buffalo wins this weekend, they're 7-2, and two, I think. And Patriots are 8-1. and one. So, Buffalo's right there. They're, they're competing. And, and until they start taking their usual losses... Uh, they won't. They won't be able to. They won't be able to rest on their laurels. So, uh, but to your greater point, I think is correct. On some teams are set up to beat other teams. I think the 49ers are set up to beat the Ravens because I think their defensive structure is built around their front seven. More importantly, their front four, and I think that could contain the Baltimore Ravens, and Lamar Jackson. But I think I agree with you on Seattle being able to take apart the 49ers defense just because of how talented Russell Wilson is and how much offensive weapons he has at his disposal. That's going to wrap it up for us. We uh, hope you enjoyed the show, and we would love to hear from you as always. Ben, how can they get in touch with us? Well, uh we're on Twitter at Ben Chris Talk FO one. Uh Facebook page, Ben and Chris Talk Football. And we have Instagram, uh Ben underscore Chris Talk Football. Uh we're posting videos usually on the days that we either don't record or we don't release the episode, but um we're releasing content every day. So you see it there, see if you like it. Let me know if you like it. And then, obviously, we're on Spotify and iTunes, so rate and review us when you have a chance. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. Thank you.